Welcome to Ride Line, the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. My name is Tanner Kern, certified G, bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. In this right here, this is G Money Grant Mitchell. He's up 12 units this week, and you can't teach that. Bada boom, man the people in the room, welcome in to Ride the Line. Grant, tell the people how you've been doing. Yeah, welcome into Ride the Line, everybody. It's been one of the best weeks of my betting career. This week, I went 12-0. One of my picks on Friday's episode of the show, we did get a push, so it was a 2-0-1 record on the show. But as far as my personal picks, that one pick that did get a push, it was the 49ers minus 7, which we have to talk about, Tanner. It was the 49ers minus 7. I had that in a six-point teaser, so brought it down to 49ers minus 1. And that ended up cashing. But yeah, I've, I've been absolutely crushing lately. It goes back to Monday Night Football last week. I had the I had the under in that game and I had uh, Alan Lazard over. So hit both of those. Thursday Night Football, I had Cousins over passing yards. Vikings plus six and a half. Hit those. Had five games yesterday. Had a couple of teasers, a couple of props. Hit them all. Like left, right, and center. It's just been the best week of my betting career. Well, it's been up there, certainly. And uh, we got a chance with perfection because obviously we're going to be talking about our Monday night football picks here. And if I get all of those, then this may go down as the greatest week in my sports betting history. Yeah, tonight's the interesting game. We got two games tonight. We got the Panthers and the Saints. Then we got the Browns um, and the Steelers. Steelers need a win. Should be an interesting night of football. But before we talk about that, we're going to give you our three best plays overall from the entire night. I'm doing three props. Grant's doing a couple of sides and a prop. But before we talk about that, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Click that subscribe button. Smash that subscribe button. And let's get into the picks. Grant, since you're hot. Tanner, Tanner, I'm sorry. Before we get into the picks, we got to talk about this too. 49ers minus seven. Is, Is that scripted by the NFL? Like, what are the Rams? Why are the Rams kicking that field goal? There's no reason behind it. You always got to buy down, Grant. That's why. Like, if seven, you got to buy a six and a half. So I don't, I don't feel bad for you. Oh, no, I'm not mad. I mean, Tanner, like I said, I'm, I'm 12 and 0. Like, I'm, I'm literally flawless. But I, I'm just saying that for the rest of the world, for the, for the people that were on the 49ers minus seven and a half, well, why did the Rams do that? The, the, normally, teams will take a shot to the end zone, if anything. Normally, they would just take a knee there. Why would they kick well, the field goal? So, how much time was left in the game at that point? The clock was still running, and they kicked it with like two seconds left. Maybe they were. Well, they were hoping kick enough time onside, throw deep. That was probably their only. That's their thought. I I kind of understand it. Like okay, I mean I guess, but it it seemed it seemed pretty wild in the moment. It seemed like Vegas put the call in. Well, there are so many games where Vegas puts the call in. Like last night with the freaking. Uh, I thought the Patriots were going to go down and score and then miss the two-point conversion, cover, and then lose. That was my thought process there. But then the offensive lineman was short. That, that would have been crazy. That would have been one of the best first downs ever if you got that. I got hurt by the spread a couple times yesterday. What game did I – I played the Falcons minus one and a half. That was a joke because Shin Huku or whatever the hell his name is missed the PAT. Once that happens, once you're off track like that and it's a minus one and a half or two, minus two, like you're done. You, do, you, do you know, you, you know, it's going to come back to bite you in the ass. How do you pre- is it? Is it Young Ho? It's spelled Young Ho Koo. How do you actually pronounce it? It doesn't matter what his name is, Grant, because he can't make he can't do his job. So get him. <laughs> I don't want to talk about him, but I got screwed there. I was going to get screwed by the Patriots if they score because you knew they were going for two there and they weren't going to get it. So that was that. So that was the Young Ho Koo, whatever, screwed me. Up. So he's a good kicker, too, which is crazy. 
Yeah, I mean, I listen, you might have got screwed. It was good for me, so I'm not going to say anything bad about the what sports betting gods. I believe in good karma. Did you do Falcons money line? No, of course. I stayed, stayed, stayed away well away from that one. Yeah, Falcons money line, I should have done. Now I know I'm never doing points again because they do. It does come back to bite you in the ass when it's that close. Um, but, yeah, any other thoughts from the weekend before we get into the night's picks? No, I'm ready to get into these picks. I'm super excited. It's a doubleheader on Monday night. Doesn't get better than this. I see, I'm not as big of a fan as on the, the Monday night doubleheader. I'm not really. I would like it in week one. I don't want it in week two. Like, I like when it's just prime time, it's I want standalone. Like, if you're going to do this, I'd rather do a seven and a 10 game. So get the West Coast game than do them like together. It's too much. I don't like it to get it's prime time. Give me one game. Give me one and one. I'd rather have one and one than freaking back to back seven and eight. I do understand that for sure. I definitely understand that that perspective a lot of it. Or give me, yeah, give me five and give me five and eight. Help me out a little bit. Can you imagine being on the West Coast? By the way, like just think about how different your Sundays would be. You got you got a game at ten a.m. and then your your late games at five p.m. on a Sunday. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, it, it's it's a better schedule, but also like on Monday Night Football on Thursday, it's like five o'clock and football starts. You don't have any time to do anything. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I prefer being on the East Coast, but sometimes the uh, sometimes you have to stay up pretty late. Like if you're watching that Colorado football game, that game started at ten twenty, didn't end until two thirty a.m. That was wild. That game was great. Yeah, that was an awesome football game. Uh, NFL. What? NFL. Yeah, absolutely. NFL. You want to go first with the picks or something? No, you're hot. You go first. Okay. Well, I'm. Uh, you know, we'll we'll start with the early game. We're gonna talk about Saints Panthers here, and uh, this is the one I got to admit. Um, and I was up front with my picks last time. I I said there was a pick I wasn't totally confident in. This would be the one that I'm a little sketched out by the most, but I'm going to take the over in Saints Panthers here. Bryce Young, he threw two interceptions in his NFL debut. First of all, it's his NFL debut, but aside from those picks, which weren't great passes, but other than that, he actually looked pretty good. And I know that sounds weird because, you know, two interceptions at the end of the day is not good, but again, it's a rookie making his first start. You can kind of excuse a couple of bad throws and just look at how, you know, was he in control? Did he have a good feel for the pocket? Was he getting the ball to the right places? It seemed like he was for the most part in his debut, this saints team, they, uh, they, they, through for 300 yards against the Tennessee Titans last week. Um, I don't think the Panthers have an exceptional pass defense, especially with J.C. Horn injured and probably out of the lineup. This is a divisional matchup, I can, and it's, I can understand why you would want to take a home divisional dog in the Panthers at plus three um, because, you know, if they, if they get that plus three, then they would cover ultimately. But um, I would like to be looking at something like a plus three and a half if I was going to do that. I'm not able to get that anywhere. So I'm going to take the over on the points. I don't mind it. It's just very hard to trust the Carolina Panthers. I don't think the Saints look that good either on offense. So I, I don't it's not that I don't like it. It's kind of indifferent on it. Well, I mean, I mean, to be honest, I am too, but like we, we gotta we gotta put our you know, we, we're talking about both these games. We gotta come up with something for the show. I will just be up front to everybody out there. If I could, I would be staying away from this game. You know, it, it's our it's Tanner Meyer's job to talk about picks from these games, but if this is my personal money, I'm not betting this game. So, okay. So I have a play in this game that you should bet, and you should absolutely nuke. I'm going with Jamal Williams over 56 and a half rushing yards here. We looked last week at the Panthers run defense. It was terrible. Tyler Algier, 15 carries, 75 yards. I believe B. John Robinson had 50 yards running the football last week. So they went well over this. You look at Jamal Williams too. It's his backfield right now until Alvin Kamara gets back. And Alvin Kamara is still suspended for um, his fight in Vegas. 
So Jamal Williams did not have a great week running the football last week. He had 45 yards, I believe, but he had 18 carries. So I did Rashad White over 53 and a half rushing yards yesterday. Absolutely smacked. He didn't go over the week before, but he still had 18 carries. So if you're giving me a guy with eight, who's going to get like 15 to 18 carries, I'm going to take the over on a 50-yard total automatically just because he's going to get so much production there. He should hit it this week against a average Carolina Panthers run defense. So I'm going to take the over there. And it's gone up to, I think it opened around 50. It's up to 56 and a half. I got a 56 and a half, but I think it'll continue to go up. Yeah, I agree with you. I like this pick. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm taking the over. So normally we take the over on points. You take the over on props. That's just how it goes. Yeah. All right. We're one for one. Let's keep it going. Now this we're in the a good game. This game, the Panthers game sucks. Nobody wants to watch this one. Everyone wants to watch the AFC, NFC North. AFC are, North. Are both of your next props from this game? Yeah. Okay, cool, because I got my pick, and then I got a prop from this game as well. This is the meat and potatoes of the show. It's it's Steelers-Browns. Going to be a very good matchup. The AFC North may be the best division in football. Um, well, maybe if Joe Burrow can get his case together. Uh, that's another t- conversation for another day. But this is a very, uh, very good matchup that we are going to get. And I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers money line, not just the plus two and a half, Tanner. I'm going to take the money line, um, kind of the inverse of what you were doing with the Falcons. You said you got to be smart here. Smart thing to do maybe would be to take the points, but I, I have confidence in the Steelers to win this game. Uh, one of the reasons that I am so confident is that Deshaun Watson simply cannot push the football down the field. I feel like we've seen enough from his Cleveland career to tell us that at this point. The Browns, although they were dominant in week one against the Bengals, I was making the case that, first of all, the Browns just own the Bengals. They've won nine of their last 11 matchups with them. But something was wrong with that Bengals offense. I said Joe Burrow doesn't throw for 82 yards if he's healthy. Look what happened with the Bengals against the Ravens. Clearly, Joe something was wrong with Joe Burrow. And so now if I'm analyzing that week one performance from the Browns, I didn't learn anything about them. I, I, I knew that Nick Chubb was good. I knew the offensive line was good. I knew the defense has some holes. Miles Garrett is awesome, but there's still some places that can be exposed. I knew Deshaun Watson was bad. I, nothing, in my opinion, has changed. Meanwhile, I was very high on the Steelers going into the year. They looked awful against the 49ers, but, but the 49ers can do that to pretty much any team in the league if they are on, you know, on any given Sunday. And then also, it's important to remember, it's only one game. Don't, don't overreact to, to what you saw. React, but don't overreact. I think the Steelers are still – I had them as a wild card team before the year started. I think they can make some noise here. Some key numbers from Mike Tomlin as well. Um, since Mike Tomlin is probably the best coach when it comes to being an underdog, he's 52 and 30 against the spread because that spread is plus two and a half, you know, no critical numbers it's it's not that much of a difference between spread and money line. The Steelers have won 20 straight home Monday night football games. I'm taking Steelers money line. I think they get a convincing win here. I, I don't know if it's going to be convincing. I do think the Steelers win. I'm not super confident in it. Um, I think they have to win this game based on what they did last week. They can't get embarrassed on their home field two weeks in a row. So I think there's going to be a different intensity there. But I'm still going to lean towards the props just because I think it is the safer play. And one prop that I like, speaking of Nick Chubb, I'm going to go Nick Chubb over 83 and a half rushing yards. Christian McCaffrey had well over 100 last week. The 49ers offensive line is good. I don't think it's as good as the the, uh, Cleveland Browns offensive line. I think they're going to be able to come in and run the football. And that's what they try to do, no matter what. Like you said, Deshaun Watson can't push the ball down the field in any way whatsoever. So they want to lean on the run. They're going to lean on the run, whether they're up or down. He went well over this total in his first game against Pittsburgh in week three last year. In the second game towards the end of the season, he only had 77 yards, but they did fall behind in that game pretty good. Um, So they had to throw the ball a little bit. Uh, He still had 
had 77 yards on 12 carries. He has absolutely destroyed the Pittsburgh Steelers. It doesn't matter. It's the same front seven as it's been, and he's been able to run the football. So I'm going to take that. Also, like any time touchdown for him, just because if he doesn't hit the yardage, good chance he finds the end zone. Yeah, it's never a bad time to take the over on some Chubb props there. I do want to piggyback off of one thing you said, which is, you know, it's unlikely the Steelers are going to get up by a lot of points because this the Steelers, when we're looking at the Steelers team, if we say the Steelers are going to win this game, it's probably because of their defense, not their offense. Their offense isn't going to score 28 first half points and all of a sudden Nick Chubb is taken out of the game. You, you know what I mean? So going off of that logic, my favorite player prop in this game is the under on Deshaun Watson's passing yards. Again, the Steelers aren't going to be up by a huge amount of points, so it's not like the Browns are going to have to abandon ship and just say, we're throwing it on every pass. That's not what's going to happen. And then if we look at this line for Deshaun, first of all, it, it goes to the importance of line shopping because some sports books have his line at 198, some have it at 204 and a half. And obviously I'm going to take the 204 and a half when I go for this under. But if we look at what Watson has done in his career with the Browns, he's played seven games. He's averaging 179 yards passing during those only at 154 last week. Now his starting right tackle, Jack Conklin is out with an injury. TJ Watt, as bad as the Steelers were last week, he still had three sacks. He was the one, he was the one shining light in that performance. And now he gets to tee off against a backup tackle, um, which is going to be problems for Deshaun here. And then, you know, his line is set at 204 and a half. Forget 200 yards even. He has thrown for more than 170 just twice in his seven games with the Browns. So why is this line so high? Why is it on the road uh, against a divisional opponent with a tough defense, a backup offensive tackle? I just don't get it. I'm taking the under here. Uh, no question about it. Yeah, I would take the under here. It's, it's already dropping. I saw it at 200 yesterday, then I saw it at 199, at least on FanDuel. Um, so it's it's definitely dropping. Good play here. I think they're going to lean on Nick Chubb no matter what, whether the run game's working or not, and also to help out the right tackle too. Offensive line would rather run the football, especially against a really good front seven. So I think we're going to see that. He might hit a couple big plays over the top in like play action, but I don't think it's going to be enough to get to 200. Yep, I agree. All right, Tanner, this is the uh, final pick of the show. Let's hear George Pickens. Over 42 and a half receiving yards. He had 33 last week and you know, mid thirties last week um, really did not produce that much. I think it was like three, three catches for 33 yards. He is the number one guy though. And I do think Kenny Pickett's going to be able to find him down the field tonight. Um, last week, it just wasn't, it wasn't a good matchup against the 49ers. You had guys in your face all week and you had a really good uh, secondary to, to go against. This week, the matchup is definitely a lot better. I know the Cleveland Browns only gave up 80-something passing yards with Joe Burrow last week, but Joe Burrow was not healthy. P Pickett needs a good game. He needs to come out on fire. We know he can throw the ball. And I believe Pickens had some really good games against uh, the Browns in the past. I think I think the last game of the season, he had it was explosive play master against them. So I think we're going to see him go off tonight, and I'm going to take the over on 42-and-a-half. Yep. Sorry. I was just looking up the injury status of Deontay Johnson because I know he's he got out. injured in the last game. Yeah, he's yeah. out. He's not going to be playing. So that's obviously going to help Pickens here. Um, honestly, if Kenny Pickett was a better quarterback, then George Pickens line would be a lot higher. This yeah. this low this this line being this low has nothing to do with Pickens. He's got all the talent in the world. If they're able to get the ball to him, he will produce. The problem is Kenny Pickett often is held to uh, inter short intermediate stuff with Friar Muth or taking the check down to Najee Harris. If he's able to put that ball 10 yards past the line of scrimmage, Pickens is, come up, is going to come up with it. And uh, if Johnson is out, then you feel like pretty much everything out wide is going to be funneled through him. So, yeah, I like this play. Well, I'll tell you what. If he doesn't go over 42 and a half yards, the Steelers do not win the game. 
That's my no, take. No chance. Not even close. So he, for the Steelers to be in the game, he needs to go well over 42 and a half. Because Najee Harris isn't that good of a running back either. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in a weird place with Najee because he's got all the physical tools in the world. He had the, the college film. But he's just – He's not producing in the NFL. And in the only thing I'll say in his defense is nobody really has for the last couple of years with the Steelers. So I just don't know what's going on over there. They just they can't get their running game started no matter what the, what the situation is. Their offensive line isn't that good. That's their biggest issue, I think. Yeah, that that's that's what I've attributed it to as well. So I've been waiting for them to, to make massive changes to it. Um, but, you know, it hasn't really changed it much yet. Isn't it crazy George Pickens' line is only 42 and a half without the number two receiver in the game? That's this is nuts. Yeah, 100%. It's just like I said, it goes to speak about Kenny Pickett. You know, he's going to have to prove that he's able to put that ball out down the field. Yeah, so we'll see. But I love the plays tonight. I feel good. I think I'm going, I think I'm going four and oh, but at least I think I can go definitely two and two, probably three and two or three and one. That gives me a, that gives me a big profit right there. Yep, 100%. Guys, that's going to do it for today's show. Make sure that you have subscribed to the channel so we are here. Uh, so you're here when we come back with a new episode of Ride the Line on Wednesday where we are going to be rehashing week two and jumping, looking ahead to week three with some Thursday Night Football. But Tanner, you know what to do. Get us on out of here. That was Ride the Line, the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. We'll see you on Wednesday for another episode.